Alright, man. Well, Levi, there's only one way to start this thing off tonight, man. And here's here's the question I have for you. I was thinking about this on the way here. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to answer this, okay? Right. Some people wouldn't answer this one, but uh, I will. I will if you do, for sure. I will anyways. But uh, yeah. do you think, really, at the end of the day, that it was only 19 radical people from the Middle East that that were behind with the small terrorist organization were yeah. behind the whole totality of what happened on September 11th, 2001? Or do you think there is a, something that is deeper? Well, I that think that... Uh... I think that I've watched hours and hours of YouTube videos on this subject. And at the, you know, do I think that it went a little deeper than what the mainstream narrative was on the news? Yes, absolutely. You know, as far as like how it's, it's kind of like when somebody just believes in a conspiracy theory, you know, they believe in it because it makes sense to them. They can't exactly show you the evidence or anything like that for it. Uh, <clears throat> but when it comes to a, a deeper, a deeper connection behind nine eleven, I I don't find, I would not find it hard to believe. I'll say that I know that before nine eleven, support for the wars in the Middle East was really waning in the United States. Uh, it it really came at a very convenient time to uh, you know stir up refervor Americans you know for their uh, for their desire to go to war in the Middle East. Uh, I think that that's uh, a convenient coincidence anyway, you know, but... And by Americans, you really mean like the oligarchs, like the most, the highest end of society, really. Right, yeah, you know, and and the people, and also by Americans, I mean like, you know, the people who will believe whatever the... Uh, the five o'clock news tells them, you know, yeah, that that kind of. Oh, thing, they needed you know? to sell it they to need, the they, American. They need people, they yeah. need the TV to tell them who their enemy is, and uh, you know that. Yeah. Definitely gave uh, gave a lot of people an enemy, you know, but uh, as far as knowing the absolute truth behind nine eleven, like I said, I've watched hours of YouTube videos over it, and I just kind of came to the conclusion that you know, kind of threw my hands up and said, yeah. Probably was some deeper ties there, but will we ever, <clears throat> excuse me, will we ever really know? No. You know, it's kind of like JFK. It's a you lot know, like it. Will, you, will, will, like will it. you ever really know? No. You know, you won't. But. Yeah. But yeah. That, that's my answer anyway. Uh-huh. That, that's how I. Well, and again, my, my thought about that is very similar to yours, so I'll save <laughs> the time really on it because it is, mine is very similar to that. Right. The, the only thing that I would add to that is that it doesn't matter if you know what happened or not because you'd be foolish to assume that you could know. You would have to know a lot of history and other things probably that added up to that right. to really know issues like that it has to be deeper no doubt about it man because the and even now i think biden uh is actually doing some investigation into whether or not saudi arabia had ties into it um deeper ties into it or something like that you know uh but either way uh not that that's like not that i'm not not praising him for that or something i mean i'm sure he's not trying to really get to the bottom of anything more than just appease the families of 9-11 victims because no doubt you know 
that was a huge event. And I think when we know that when the commission report came out, the 9-11 commission report came out in 2006, and uh, it, it had a very little blurb, I mean nothing, about building number seven. Right. And I remember building number seven is what really kind of puts your hands up in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I just don't think that that, that just, lo- that looked like it came down, you know, on its own. Oh, yeah, com- completely on its own. Like, it looked like a controlled demolition right next to the other two controlled yeah. demolitions is what it looked like. And I've, I mean, I try to be fair to the situation, too. It's like, I've, I go to other buildings collapsing and look at different, like, can fire bring down structures very, right. very rare. I don't I think there's partial, maybe some partial collapses, but never something like that. Right. Never something like that. I mean, it would be... There's also uh, some videos, you know, like I said, I've seen all the... Anybody who's really dived into it, we've all watched the same videos on YouTube and stuff like that. You yeah, know, we've seen the same evidence. Yeah, anyone we've all seen the same... Yeah, just anyone, like in JFK. Yeah, sure. we've all seen the same evidence. I, and so, so I know a lot there. of people, you know, have probably seen the videos where if you if you zoom in on, a, I don't remember which building it is that uh, is 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 in the middle of falling, and you zoom in about ten fifteen stories beneath where the actual falling is taking place, where the collapse is taking place, uh, and you see windows being blown out. Yes, in yeah. what looks to be. It's not. It's not every story of windows. It's just kind of like every fifth like, story or yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's what looks to be like charges going off. You know. Yeah. I've video, seen it. that, it's zoomed in video. It's very grainy. I've seen uh, an argument that it, it could be that the the inside of the building is collapsing faster than what you see on the outside, and that that is just uh, you know impacts. Yeah. From, from yeah. The, yeah. I, I think that is a very that's a viable. Uh, viable excuse or, or, it is. or, or yeah, yeah. For, for what you could be seeing yeah. there. Be interesting to uh, see the debates, you right. know, like real life debates of experts on both sides yeah. that had a different stance on it. And there has been some, there has yeah. actually been some good debates on this and it has kept my mind open to it right. uh, for sure. Uh, my, again, and uh, I think that's a really hard thing to even imagine, you know, that it didn't, Obviously, what took place took place, you know, right. like physically. Yeah, we know this, you know, but also it like goes back to like there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of training. Like they said, well, look, these guys went to this flight school and they were yeah. horrible. You know, they weren't that good of pilots flying like single engine airplanes. I I can only imagine. I've never been a pilot, so right. you know, not going to speak like one, but I can imagine it's not just easy. <clears throat> To like be like, okay, I've never flown a plane in my life. Let's let's yeah. take this plane over and take fly it into a, a building. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that that that's going fast. Any of the slightest movement seems like it could. Yeah, completely throw you off. Like it would really take some I've real never been experts. A pilot, but I have played around on flight simulators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. and yeah, no, you're right. I mean, any little jerk, any little movement, it it, it yeah. would definitely take someone with some pretty skilled flight. Uh, experience to fly a plane into even into a building as large as uh, one of the twin towers. So this is yeah, I mean from that standpoint, it looks like a, a toothpick for a long time, right? You know, and yep. you have to be. It just seems like you need a lot of experience to to be able to do that. So that's another thing that always stuck out to me. And then 
Another thing that always kind of uh, stuck out to me was the Pentagon. Is you have one of the most safeguarded buildings in the entire in the entire world. Right. And you know for sure there's cameras all over the place. And they release one grainy camera view of this plane flying into the side of the Pentagon. Yeah. There's no debris, very little debris of any plane hitting, hitting the Pentagon. Yeah. And, and look, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to be like, oh, skeptical of them. I want to live in a great free country, man. Right. You know, open country where we're not violent and, you know, that we can all just like do the best we can. I'm, I'm all for it. But uh, w- when those questions are there, it's like, you're like, well, damn. Yeah. Man. Right? That's the answer. Yeah. You What's know? going on here? No bad question. Yep. Right? I mean. <laughs> and then there was also the flight that, uh, that, that the passengers actually took back over and, uh, Crash in a field in like Pennsylvania, right? They think it was on its way to the White House. Oh yeah, huh? Uh, I've never heard anything. I, th- I think that's sounds like the real story there. I don't know if they, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know if there's any existing conspiracies. Yes, there behind is. That there plane. is. Are there, there is. Really? The, the, I'm sure there. I know there is. There's people who say there's <clears> no there was no plane there and that people blocked them off and, but I mean, I don't know about that. Yeah. I I, I really I that that's where to me. I don't need to know what happened. Right. I just need to know that there was also a willingness to cover it up by people in the high up in our system here in America. Yep. I truly feel like that. And that's all you need to know. Right. And then, so the reason I bring this up is because then 2001, you know, a couple weeks later we decide that it's definitely the Al-Qaeda and Taliban that are gathering in Afghanistan, and we're going to go into Afghanistan. And all but one congresswoman, I forget her name, I really apologize for that, because uh, props to her, you know, voted, because back then you actually, you know, they went to Congress, right, and asked them. I think that was one of the last times. Even our man Ron Paul voted for the Afghanistan Yeah, he did, he did. And there was actually something about, he had uh, some people in his staff that he uh that at the time they were gonna they were claiming they would you know basically uproot his his whole office you know right. i mean at that point if if he voted against that war yeah and they even came to odds later on with the iraq war because he, of his stance against it and eventually left because he was too they had just different views and opinions right, right. So that there was that, and but it, what it does show with Ron Paul is the political pressure that can get to anybody yep. that has political aspirations. You know what I mean? Yep. Because uh, they're everywhere, man. People that want to work their way up in that system, you know, and want don't care about your ethics, yeah, <laughs> and your morals, really, you know, For your real. principles, you know. And, but anyways. Uh, but this one congresswoman voted against it, and props to her for doing that, you know. But uh, they all, everyone voted to go to war in Afghanistan and send troops to Afghanistan, and people bravely, you know, willingly went over there, you know. And uh, that's something else, too, man. I guess we can talk about that before we even get too deep into this, because I feel like the like the uh, people who serve the country, who sign up into the military, I've known several people who do. And uh, I feel like that when people choose that path in life, like for some of the people that I knew that chose that path, they they felt like that uh, 
if it was like, I'm just going to go to work or I'm going to go to the military, they're like, hey, they'll pay for my school later. Right. Too, you know, like I can join this and get your free medical. Or some people are like, no, I want to serve my country. You know, right. like I, I'm into it and I want to serve my country. And both are admirable and I, I think it, a lot of my friends it did them really good. They went into the military and did very well in it. And uh, for all the people who go into these wartime situations, the emotional and and uh, psychological attachment I'm sure that they have to this is, is enormous. And obviously it should be uh, for sure. And I could only imagine. That's, that's like a tough thing, you know. Right. And for a lot of people, you know, in this country that we live in too, though, I think it's fair to say that by the constitution standards that is this is not a this this at some point stopped being about what happened on September 11th right. you know and became much more than that and that's when you start to have to question the premise of the entire thing because it does matter cuz now it's 20 years later in 20 years you can at least have a good exit strategy for all your friends and everyone all your allies and over there Right. I mean, it seems like for three years you could have been preparing for a way to get those other people to other places that they can live a way they want to live if that's what they want to do. You right. know? It, people that helped you out through the process. You knew it had to come to an end. Yep. Right? This, well, you know, I, I agree with uh, the premise that there really, there really was no good time to leave Afghanistan, you know? I think that the, you pretty much would have seen exactly what you're seeing today if we'd have pulled out of there 15 years ago or 15 years from now. It, it doesn't matter, you know, because what we did, and when I say we, you know, of course I'm talking about a collective. I'm not trying to uh, down any of the individual soldiers who went over there. I have family that served in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh I would never down an in, uh, an individual soldier for for uh, signing up to serve this country. Yeah. You know, uh, but when we went over there, we tried to prop up a system that was proxy. It just wasn't it. It, it wasn't real. It, it only worked because we were there. And so, you know, when we pulled out, it was like pulling the bottom runs out 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 of the Jenga tower. You know. It, it obviously would not have worked because eventually Americans, I think, just need to accept that the whole world doesn't want to live like us. You know, there's different cultures of people all over this world. And believe it or not, not all of them want a, a McDonald's on the corner, you know, and, and yeah. not all of them want our culture. Yeah. And I think that that's something that a lot of American, uh, a lot of Americans, well, well, <laughs> a lot of Americans just can't get through their heads. Well, they're sold that through their through their media and through their their stuff that it's like some better life and right, you know. But who really wants it are the people you're talking about. You know, the same people that benefited from this war in Afghanistan, the people who really benefited financially, like the defense contract companies, like the big end, you know, the people who are also involved with the government right. and with, uh, you know, the highest ends of the military, like the highest, like, political military, like you say, political scientist. There's political military, too, yeah. you know? that benefit like this man and it's it's a it's a corrupt system and it's right. sad 
one time, uh, there's been a lot of times I've actually watched uh, like hour-long real-life, uh, I guess you call it journalist and media uh, of mostly Iraq. I haven't really spent too much time watching of Afghanistan, but I had some friends in Iraq and I really wanted to like more educate myself of like what people went through there and saw like the run on Fallujah and all the major, you know, battles that went on there that were right. and one one thing that kind of went across the board especially with people who were, you know, in positions to kind of speak out about it is that you know, they were getting a lot of information, and I'm not saying this was unanimous across the board, but I heard this several times, is that they're, we're getting a lot of information from people long way away that don't know what the hell's really going on here. Right. And uh, that seems to be, that sums it up yeah. for me. Like, right. that's the whole, they're, they don't know what they're doing. Well, they're just sending kids of... over to die in these countries. They're going to benefit off what they can benefit off of. They see no collateral damage. They don't even they don't know what to do with any collateral damage. If anything takes a turn for the worse, they have no strategy. It's just they just want to suck the shit whatever they want out of it and then they they want to be gone. They don't understand all of the repercussions that come from those decisions right. and their positions, you know. And uh yeah, it's it's it really sucks, man. I mean, but no, I don't think anyone really, you know, it's good that that stopped. And I really, man, I, what I, you know what I really hope for? I really hope that Afghanistan becomes a country that becomes a good country. You know what I mean? Like, and that the people can reevaluate their situation and try to work towards their, through their problems right. and try to get into a better system. And I think we all need that in the world. I think it's time to look in the mirror and say, maybe we need that here. Right. And to stop even worrying about what they're doing and worry about what we're doing. Exactly. Because remember what's going on over here right now. People yep. just like all of a sudden, oh, it's unified through Afghanistan again. It's like, no, leave them alone. You know, these are issues in our country here that we have that we better come to deal with at some point. You know, or we're going to have real problems at home. We already do. So, you no, know, we need to know. Do, they need to be dealt with right. now. America needs to take into account that biblical metaphor of uh, worrying about the splinter in somebody else's eye when you have a timber in your own. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. I think it's that time for Americans, really. And uh, like across the board, even the people in positions of high power, to really ask themselves, you know, you know what, you know, what side of history they really want to be on in these, in these really odd times because it, you know remember what well, all this is going on so, you know i saw this i thought it was pretty damn silly you might not but i did yeah. it was a funny meme it's like something like uh this just in uh uh joe joe biden asked uh you know the taliban not to make women cover their face and like everyone over like all women and men had masks on their face like from the from the other side, like right. from our side, you yeah. know, and it's like basically we're telling everyone to cover their face, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it just points out the hypocrisy and uh, I had already kind of thought about that in my head. That's what made me kind of chuckle when I see things like that because I'm glad right. that there are other people that are picking up on those, those nuances going on. COVID-19 is the biggest issue that we're facing right now because it's a, it's a, uh, not because of the illness itself, but because what it has done to 
dude, it's undeniable. What's done to a us small, exactly. And yeah, what what they're what's really behind this, you know? Because right. again, there's something deeper behind this. This is not right. There's no way this doesn't have benefit for pharmaceutical companies. And again, you know, when those defense <laughs> contractors start stop making all that money from these wars, well, maybe they need another place to start bringing in revenue. Right. You know, like basically attacking people, you know. I mean, <laughs> who knows, man? They they all the all the American system does is really to me right now is and this is why it needs a big fix. It, and and I talk about our our system even with COVID-19. Is it just it everything like Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste, dude. They are going to take advantage of anything. Right. It's like anything. Yeah, they know you have a business. They're gonna call you as quick as they can, you know. Hey, heard you're operating, making some money. Were you right. gonna file your taxes anytime soon? <laughs> you know, I mean, anything they can find. You know, oh, education. The kids, we care about the kids. Let us get involved in education and let us take over education. You know, and right. meanwhile, everything they touch, honestly, doesn't end up that well. Right. What are we ranked in education in the world? I don't know off the top uh, of my head, but like, I'll tell you what. It's like 20-something, tw- I'm pretty it, sure. It ain't that good, you know, for what we spend. That's reality. Whatever yeah. you think. That's not criticizing the teachers. Again, just like the soldiers. Teachers yeah. go to work. They try to do their best. You know who it is? It's the few people who get paid a high, high, high amount of the money to get voted up or pulled in by their hierarchies that wants to be able to control them and manipulate the curriculum. And then they sent this curriculum to all these teachers that must teach. Yeah, you can be creative, but within our curriculum. Right. You know, there's no way they can be. And if they speak out against it, they need to quit. Yeah. You know, and if they hear someone that's speaking out against it, (laughs) they need to come to the principals, you know, and tell them. (laughs) Yep. That's what that that's another thing COVID nineteen has done is it's uh created a society of snitches, you know, or at least it's attempted to. I th- you know with its rhetoric, a lot of the re- you know uh you know if if you see your neighbor you know having a barbecue with more than ten people you know of course that was back in like you know the the heat of the lockdowns, but uh and then e- even with like the uh, quote-unquote domestic terrorist problem in America today, you know, uh, Facebook sent out a lot of uh, notifications to people. I think we talked about it on an episode where they said, uh, you know, do you know, you know, do you know someone you think might be a an extremist, you know? <laughs> and then with a little link that said, get help now. You it's know? like, yeah, and they always keep showing me these damn, these things like yeah. you do right now, you know? Right. You know, you're the, they're the extremist. That's the real thing. They're the extremist. They are the ones that, that in a lot of ways know that they know their culpability for these problems. And that's why they try to cover them now with fact checkers and things like that. So they, they, they cover their, they think they're covering their ass for things that they know they've done wrong, but they'll never admit responsibility in any way for these things. It's all, you know, peasants faults for having their own thoughts. It's never the platform you know, that became so large and used its power for uh, political gain and political manipulation of people rather than to actually try to do some good in the world. 
they started filtering out one side of society, basically, is what they're doing in our country, you know, and uh, whether you agree with them or not, that shouldn't happen to anybody. They shouldn't be censored if they're in our political office and, and a platform that we all communicate under. Right. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's like a direct attack on our, our country and our found, the foundation of what our country is supposed to be about. If someone's saying things that are so ridiculous and that they should be censored, the public will censor them by just not listening to them or making memes about them all day long. You know, you right. don't need a body to do that. Yep. They're doing that because they don't like what they don't like the fact that he's gaining power amongst people and pulling people together that they have disagreements with and they don't like. And so they're using, you know, they attack him and they they ban they ban you know, a whole section and uh yeah, I mean they're they're really so you know, they and not only that, not only are they extremists, but they create extremists with this behavior. Just like they probably created more extremists over in Afghanistan with their behavior, they create more extremists over here with their behavior yep. of lying to people with about social security, you know, making people live in 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 more poverty than they need to, you know, promising yep. them things that never come to fruition. Put your kid in a mask right now, you know, you have to if they're gonna come to this school that you pay for, you they have to be in a mask, you know. Oh, against right. your religion, well, religions don't work here. You know, I yeah. mean, every, it just, you know, they've put people in no, no other position right. but to be radical on either side, Yep. on both sides. Well, and then, I mean, it really seems like, you know, they're stoking the, stoking the fire, you know, when, when like the, the Department of Homeland Security, I've got, I've got their website right here, dhs.gov pulled up and, uh, you know, they're talking about, this is just four days ago, they released new, uh, new terrorism threat uh, analysis for the United States. And they're basically, if you read through it, it's basically all just saying that, uh, it's basically saying that anyone who's against the COVID restrictions or who's against uh, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the masks mandates and the COVID restri- uh, restrictions, who's against the, uh, this says something here about the uh, oh yeah the the nine eleven attacks, the uh, anniversary is coming up, and so they're they're real worried about uh, potential. Oh, you mean radical... the things that we just talked about? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, both you of know? the things we were just talking about. Yeah, that is hilarious. Dude. <laughs> they're they're worried about the potential for for uh, extremists. It says right here that these extremists <laughs> may seek to exploit the emergence of COVID nineteen variants. By viewing the potential reestablishment of public health restrictions across the United States as a rationale to conduct attacks, dude, I, I will this say is, this is on the DHS website. Yeah, no, the, I, mean, I mean it's it's uh, I guess I guess then you know it is what it is, Levi. You know, to our own admission, we must be. But it's crazy, and uh, that 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 won't go away. Yeah, that no. won't go away. You know, you definitely definitely want to. Uh, you know, keep an eye on that. But again, it won't, you know, obviously, you know, I guess we'll tie into this. And then I had another idea for something uh, I wanted to talk about too after this. And we'll kind of lead out of this a little bit. But, uh, you know, this is just giving them uh, a lot of reason. And by, by, by them, I mean people in positions of power. There's no doubt about it. Like, whatever society that you have, there's going to be people who 
are really rich and wealthy and have more say-so in society than a right. lot of other people. And in this country and in this world today, it's few, it's fewer people. It's still a pretty large number of people, but compared to the entirety of the population, it's not a large number of people. And, you know, they really do have a lot of say-so in a lot of the policy that we have. But also in the, in the situation with COVID is that they were able to use the media and scare tactics so much, and especially at the beginning of it, to really, really, really... I mean, the same people that went into these wars and didn't have an exit strategy told you to shut down your business right. and are telling you to put a mask on your kid. So keep on, for 20 years, believing them, if you must. <laughs> or, or at some point, you have to live your life Yep. And be like, the, maybe these people are, maybe they're taking something that is a threat that I need to be careful for, stay weary of, become more healthy, do the things that I know that can help me prevent stuff like this, any illness, build my immune system, you know, right. like change my diet as best I can or don't, but, but it can't continue on that path because fewer and fewer people are going to allow them to tell them to do that, you know, and, uh, it's going to be a failure. COVID-19 is going to be a failure at the end of the day because they're manipulating it for something that it's not. Right. They're trying to take advantage of it. And they're just pushing it down people's throats in the hardest of ways. And, it's, and they're going to make something that should be a serious matter a complete failure again. Right. That's, that's, my, that's the way I see it going. It's not going to go well yeah. for anybody really actually. And there are a lot of actually like stipulations coming in. More places are doing vaccination, passport type stuff. And uh, I do predict that a lot of people that have been not anti-vax but don't want to get this vaccination will just end up getting it right? in order to just appease that because that's exactly what we were talking about with our population. You know, they just people don't want to get fired, man. You know, right. it, it is easier to not buck the system. Right. Right? Like, it's an easier path to take. Yep. But at the same time, you know, maybe we've got to ask ourselves, where is that line for each each individual? You know, at what point do we do you really have to stand your principles be, before it be, does become a threat to your way of life? And uh, that's something that everyone kind of does have to ask themselves in this world. Because, unfortunately... People just constantly fight, man, and just right. go for more and can't just chill and live, man. I don't know what, what it is, you know? Right. I don't know what it is. Damn, you know? Man, it's nuts, though. Well, ultimately, you know, it's, it's, it's collectivism, you know? Collectivism is what contributes to it all. It's, the, it's this idea of us versus them. It's just something that's ingrained really into our into our nature really as humans you know we're a we're a tribal animal really you know at our basic instincts and that's just the way it is yeah. man, us and them it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's the way that individuals individual people will always be able you, you could take two random individuals from any two cultures they don't know each other there's no existing beef between them throw them into a room you know, maybe put a bowl in there, you know, I don't know, <laughs> but I guarantee you they're going to get along, you know, at least for the most part, you know, I'm not yeah. saying it's going to, you know, a hundred percent of the time, but most of the time they're going to get along, Yeah. you know, 
you start taking groups of people and, and you know that's when it, it just becomes complicated man and what they're doing with the whole vaccination thing in America today and all across the world really actually New Zealand and Australia it, it's getting insane there man I mean the the the, uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand is basically just say just this is just recently man uh, came out and said like don't leave your home like shut everything down stay at home orders and everything guess how many cases they've got in the whole country how many popped up one one case one case but because new zealand see a few months ago a few months back new zealand they had covid beat they had it announced we got covid beat they there was they had, were down to like pretty much zero cases now they got one, and they they're locking the whole dang thing down. Well, again. and maybe they're being but, maybe it is because of that reason that they are they they only have one or whatever. But at the same right. time, it's like you're not gonna win this. This is what I mean. You're gonna lose that battle. Right. You know, it, like illness is always gonna be a part of life, no matter what it is. Now, yep. the more man creates it and starts to want to spread the shit around, like it's a game or something. That's right. a whole nother thing, you know. But it's gonna be around either way. Uh. And they're going to lose that, but what they're not going to lose is their power and their their ability to just shut people down and control people in those places. I have a question for you. I actually thought this. We, we yeah. I, I said I had another topic, but I want to. I did want to ask you this, and this is just random. Right. A thought that I had. Do you think that some countries like Australia see the civil unrest in countries just north of them, in that region of of you know Hong Kong and mm-hmm. Then they see the Middle East, and in some ways, right now, especially with the COVID restrictions and things, uh, or that COVID—I'm sorry, just with the COVID nineteen scare—that they are kind of afraid to open up their borders in fear that people are going to start like fleeing their countries and just coming over to other countries and living there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like a border well, protection, basically. I, I mean, I guess that could be. It could be on their mind there. Uh, you know, I guess I'd never really thought about that before. They are, you know, the, like you said, they're all just south of... Uh, Australia's just south of India, pretty much, you know. It's out... Uh, but the the refugee crisis from the Middle East is going to become a problem for the whole... Well, it is already. Right? It it's already been. is. It's been. been, but it's about to amplify a lot, especially if... Uh, conditions under the Taliban are really as bad as, as people are saying they're going to be. Uh, yeah. But uh, you can you can bet that the, the refugee crisis will become a problem. And countries like Australia, though, with very heavy lockdowns, but Australia is also a rather liberal state, you know? So, I don't know. You know, I mean, I... Uh, Not that liberal, I bro. Guess, they're not yeah, that yeah, liberal. They might not be that liberal. No, no, To no, open no, no, up no. and let refugees in during uh during the COVID crisis. And I like to uh, separate. I think especially after this COVID crisis, you look at the governments that have the most control. And uh, for me personally, uh, I just look at those those governments like they are probably the most separate from their people. Right. Uh, because I think that people would like to assume at least a little personal responsibility in their lives. Yeah. Most people. There are people in every country that would like to do that. I'm sure of it. Right. And I would much rather think about those people. And I don't think those people... I, I know they exist. And I don't think that those these leaders really represent their countries well. Right. 
You know, I know damn sure they don't hear. Yeah. That's what I know on all sides. Right. On both I'm sorry, on both sides. Both, both unison sides. <laughs> yeah. Both unison both, one side. Both sides of that same coin. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. But yeah, yeah I just I just had that random thought and yeah, I didn't know no, even I, how good I, of a thought that was. Maybe it's just but I mean, no, that is a they foresee that's a like good question. yeah, like oh, the Americans are pulling their presence out of there. Yeah. You know, people could be fleeing. Like, what if people just get plane rides over here because they're scared of COVID in their countries? They're scared of political unrest. They're scared of these things. And they start coming right. over here and not leaving. You know, it's like a way of like really shutting down our country. And right. not even those people, Americans, anyone. You know, are Americans going to start fleeing their country right. and coming over to Australia? You know, or anybody? You know. There's a bill in the House right now. It's only been introduced. I don't think it's been voted on yet. Uh, and I, I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head. Uh, H.R. something, you know. But uh, anyway, the bill would uh, effectively make it to where you have to, nobody without a... It, it said that if you, if you wanted to get on an airplane in the United States and land anywhere else in the United States, you would have to have a, a COVID-19 vaccine. So that's not just talking about leaving the country. That's talking about like flying from San Antonio to Kansas City. Yeah. You know, you can't do that without a without a vaccine. Heck, yeah. even even San Antonio to Houston or Dallas, yeah. just right here in the same state. You know, that if if this wording of the bill, if this bill was to pass with its uh, current wording, it would effectively make it to where you could not travel at least by air in the United States anymore. And uh, I have also heard this. I When are the checkpoints coming? I was just about to say, they're uh, trying to make it to where you cannot, you know, on a federal basis, uh, shutting down interstate travel without a vaccine. So if, you, uh, if you're unvaccinated, I hope you like your state. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you might not be able to leave it soon. I don't know. Yeah. Trust me, no one's going to become radicalized because of this. No. This will not radicalize anybody. Uh-uh. You know? Radicalize. Is, yeah. I'd say normalize. That's radical. Right. But, uh, yeah. And, 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 again, it's like trying to sit here and break down uh, why these countries or these the governments, these large oligarchs in these countries, the, the, the richest and most powerful people... And in, in the world, and these countries are locking these countries down, trying to break down why they're doing that. It's just like nine eleven, right? Or, or you know, the deeper involvement in the wars over there, you know, in Afghanistan and even Vietnam before, you know, it's just it's. You just know they're doing it for some other stuff that they're not telling you why, right? For sure, numbers don't lie, dude. Yep. You know. Yeah, and the timing as well. You know, I mean, I. Did it not strike anyone else as odd how COVID nineteen just came along right there, right at an election year, uh, right as uh, these huge riots were happening in Hong Kong and there was a big militia movement going on here in the United States? There was the yellow vests in France, really right there around January of two thousand twenty. Things were getting kind of hot all over the all over the globe. Not not from COVID, but from people standing up to globalism and the elite. You know, it was happening everywhere. And then, bam! Along comes COVID nineteen. Uh, right at an election year, 
right at the heat of all of this uh, anti-globalist rhetoric that was that was surrounding, uh, you know, that that era around around January of 2020. You know, I and I know that it, it's it's purely anecdotal, coincidental evidence, but uh, you know, coincidences I think only go so far, you know, before they start to really become a suspect. Yeah. Yeah, another thing, just using things that you know, you know, where's the next crisis? Where can I, where can I pinpoint that I can make into the next? Where, what's a problem I could extort enough to make it a crisis? Right. You know, where is it? You know, what, what is it going to be? What, what's going to be pinpointed? And that is, uh, that's the name of the game for for them. It seems like for people with that type of a mindset and in this type of old way of, of. Uh, no, I hope it's an old way and right. not a new way, you know, because, I, I mean, how do you even break out of something like that, really? I mean, what do you even, just have to live your life and, right, you know, hope for the best, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> no question's a dumb question, you right. conspiracy theorist, <laughs> you know? Yep. It's like, that's the, hey, look, if you're from, if you're in high school, and your teachers are still telling you that no question is a dumb question. Appreciate this time in your life. You have from like 16, 17, 18, where you can ask anything and you'll be excused for it. All right, kid. Yeah. You know, you asked about that deep state. Don't go thinking about that too much, all right? Just stay on your path. <laughs> you know, if you ask that question at 22 or 23, you're no, you're no longer just asking no question's a dumb question anymore, you know? Yeah. Now you're a conspiracy theorist. Yep. Now you're a freak show. What's your life coming to? You must sit in your mom's basement, you know? My mom doesn't have a basement, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yep. But, uh, you know what I mean? But everyone's yeah. labeled in that, you know? It, we, we're taught these things systemically, and if you just break out of that system a little bit and challenge that way, man... Yep. No, no, to hell with you. And uh, actually, that's actually perfect timing. Cause that tied, ties into this a little bit. Is like, I do appreciate the fact, no matter if we've only had one listener, or 150 or 1,000, no matter what, is I do appreciate the fact that we can still upload these and do these and that we're right. not just like anyone, anything is just dissented, that we're not at that part, you know, or yep. anything that's against is just cracked down upon and, and uh, brought down. Because it does make it nice that I know that as long as podcasts like this, anything, are out there, that at least people can throw around ideas and at least open thought, open forum thinking rather than just, you know, forced ideas and forced ways. Because there's got to be better solutions out there. And if you don't open up and try to, like, communicate those or ask questions or just, you know... Basically, <laughs> you know, yeah. th- theorize what is a, a word, you know, right. uh, of, of what ifs, then there's no real way to start to see roads towards the future, right? right? And it could be kind of a dark place, man. Like, I think a lot of people really today are living in a super dark place. Like, whether it's like COVID scares the shit out of them or like, and then on top of that, it's like, okay, yes, COVID scares me, but also now... I see the government has all this control over my life, too, and I'm scared of that shit, too. Right. And I'm scared of the Taliban coming over here and taking over us now. I'm scared of that. And everyone's just, a lot of people are just fearful, you know, and fear is a tactic that I think is used a lot 
Oh yeah. In this world to get people to kind of overreact or underreact or or to oh, manipulate their minds and it's just smart to kind of keep yourself under control and I really do this. I really like to do this podcast is not in order to get a lot of listeners but to leave a trail behind of collective thoughts from us from this time. Right. And what we were kind of thinking in the middle of the time while this stuff was going on. And uh, leave it there. Whether you're right or you're wrong, you, you know that's not the point. Is that yeah. you're trying to, you're trying to move our our society forward. And you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like I I am a nationalist. I love yeah. my country. You know, I like where I'm from. Yeah. I like the United States. I love Texas. I love the people. I love all the different cultures. I love the variety in culture. I've been in radio. I used to talk about that in music. What I loved about the music in Texas and moreover in the United States is the cultural diversity in all of the music and and, and entertainment. It just it's awesome, dude. It right. it makes it awesome. So at the same time, I love. I'm I, I I'm not a globalist in that sense of like I need to take we need to take over the world. I don't think anybody does. Right. But I love to meet people from other places and see their way of life and un- try to understand what they're doing. And uh, I'm whoa, not against whoa, that whoa, either. Whoa, whoa. You're starting oh, here to sound we go. Like, you're starting to sound real <laughs> radical there. <laughs> yeah. Man. Starting to sound like that radical Thomas <laughs> Jefferson man. Yeah. You know when he said peace and commerce with all nations. And entangle alliances with none, you know that that radical sob. Yeah, yeah. That was that guy, you know. Man, jeez. Yeah. Is there a statue left what to if, topple on that guy? I don't, I don't know, but if they if there is, they need to find it and freaking hook it up to the back of a truck or something. Yeah, man. take those old ways out of here. We need a checkpoint. They should take that statue right to the checkpoint. Put it right on That's the right. checkpoint. Let Thomas Jefferson watch over the checkpoint. Yeah, yeah. You have to show Thomas Jefferson your vaccine passport. <laughs> Statue, insult to injury. Oh, you man. know, you're like, oh He'd shit, be dude. Over in his grave, man. Yeah. They, they all are really. All, all the founding fathers. I think they've done rolled. They've done yeah. rolled. They, yeah. they, they're uh, they're probably falling apart. You know, just, yeah. They probably rolled around too much by Can now. Can you man. imagine that, dude? If they put you statues know? of all the founding fathers at all the checkpoints. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> like, what is this, man? Oh, dude, that'd be great. No, it wouldn't be great at all. It actually <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Just the checkpoints by themselves would suck. If you did yeah. that, that would like, that would double suck. You know, really, for sure. One thing about uh, checkpoints, just since we brought them up, this is just a thought that's popped in my head. I mean, you, you know, for them to really do uh, checkpoints at an effective level where you really couldn't hardly travel more than a mile or so away from your own house without running into one... I'm, I I doubt that they have the resources to even make something like that happen. You know, I I don't know, man. <laughs> like, dude, North America is a big place. Yeah, let me. The there's a lot of ways States in and out of states. Yeah, there there's a lot of ways in and, and out of states for sure. No. You know, I mean, no, they won't. They could they could definitely make it more difficult. Right. With they major, because a lot of people use certain routes, especially truckers and stuff like that, you right. know, putting on more. But, uh, no, you're right. You're right. I, I do see what you're saying. I don't disagree The logistical that, problems actually. of such a thing would be yeah ridiculous, uh-huh. you know. I mean, yeah, I'd imagine, you know, if I've ever come up to, like, a checkpoint, like, for Border Patrol or something, I've always been nervous. It's like, oh, dude, you know, 
they're gonna yeah. freaking smell some weed in here right. or something you know and I've always been real nervous coming up to a checkpoint and now I'd come up to these checkpoints and I'd get up there and I'd be nervous for a whole nother reason right. they'd be like vaccine passport please and I'd be like oh shit <laughs> sir I have a lot of weed in the back <laughs> I don't care about that let me see your vaccine passport no. how am I gonna get out of this you know right <laughs> it's oh, like a whole man. new fear now you know like just be doing whatever you know as long as long as you got your vaccine yeah. passport I guess shit Jeez. man I mean it's, you know. it's a crazy thought I mean it, it really but it, I mean is it I mean even in uh in March of 2020, my wife was having to take papers, you know, having to have papers in her car saying she was an essential worker so she could travel to work. Yeah. You know, I don't think she ever actually got stopped and had to show those papers to anyone. But the point is, she actually got given papers. Yeah. And, you know, the, the idea was put there. The precedence was set, you know. Uh that kind of thing. I mean, really, when one create one uh, little nod you can throw to all your conspiracy theorist friends, I think, is that anytime you say like, "Dah, that would never happen," or "Dah, that's just crazy," like if this past year hasn't proven that, it obviously there's more to life happen. than meets yeah. the eye. Yeah, there's more to it power than meets happen. the eye. You know, yes. please go back to 2019 and tell anyone. About the last 18 months, two years now, almost, you know. And for and, anyone saying that you want it to go back to pre-2020, like, I'm, like you've got to, you don't have to. You can wish that all you want, really, actually, but. No, it's not happening. Yeah, it's never, that's not the the direction of, 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 Even, the, of the most powerful people that you can tell. Oh. They're pushing this agenda. This is a new agenda that's being pushed. That. They are using this to the highest to ride some type of new wave that they have right. for us planned out. And you they've know? already used it. I mean, the, the, the damage is done from COVID-19. We'll never get back to the, to the pre-2019 way or like the, the feeling, the, uh, the, the atmosphere, you know, of, yeah. of society and stuff. I mean, because we're just... We're so divided. And that's not to say we weren't divided in 2019. You know, there was in 2019, you still had your Trump people versus your anti-Trump people. Yeah, it was actually know? heating I mean, up, it, like it, you said, the yeah. election. It was heating yeah. up. It was going to be a really hot season either right. way. COVID just added to the game. Yeah. Like, way added to it. Like, and, uh, I mean, speaking of hot season, you know, we think that the cases are really just spiking now in the middle of summer. You know, and like you said, maybe these wait aren't, until maybe, the flu comes maybe around. These are, yeah, yeah, I was about to say maybe these aren't all COVID nineteen yeah. cases, and wait until this this fall and winter when the flu comes back around, and every single one of those flu cases is going to be a COVID nineteen case. Because, yeah, I, I don't have. A, I'm not. I'm know. not. I'm not. You know, against COVID nineteen or think in any way that it's a sham or anything like that. In that way. Right. People contract it, and it could be an illness that you don't want to get, and it sucks to get, for sure. Uh, I do, however, think that people are hyper, hyper, hyper focused, that no matter what type of illness that they come down with right now, they instantly assume and get tested. So if they, even if they test positive, and that's still not what's giving them them symptoms, it could be something else. Yep. That's still, they, they, no matter what, it's that, you know? 
Right. I swear, dude, I had food poisoning. And and people ask me, hey, man, heard you were feeling sick. Is it COVID? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, dude. Yeah. Fuck, and even if it was, who gives a shit? I didn't feel good. I'm, all, right. I'm here. I'm alive now. You know, if I'm dead, I'm dead. You know? Yeah. Shit, I mean, well, I'm not God, and neither are you. You right. know what I mean? So chill out, dude. Damn, man. You know, and I know people are just like, it's like for real. They're just hyper-focused on this. Right. It's like everything is, uh, I'm focused, I am hyper-focused on the reaction to it. Right. You know what I'm saying? The reaction by the most powerful people because they just act like they're not there. Like we all know there's powerful rich people that have, that have bought out our political system and our political system was for sale pretty much always. Right. And they bought it out. Like, we all get it. You know? I think we understand this for the most part. And so, like, we watch the way that they react to things. And we make our choices as people off of those reactions. And I think that's why you have... These people today are not anti-vax. Right. They're anti-establishment. Yeah. They know... That, why are these fucking people pushing this this hard? Right. This is sketchy of all get out, dude. I'm not even gonna. They could have gotten every other vaccine before, right? But you know, not, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's that's a whole thing, man. They're just yep. they're anti-establishment type of minded people, and they're always gonna be around. And uh, they're probably gonna even grow in numbers the more types of stuff you do like this. And I and I don't really. I really, I really do hope for our country. Going back to this, like I, I am, I do love this country, man, and I love where I live, and I, and I, like the preamble to the Constitution always stuck out to me the most of all, like the of everything, you know, like we the people of the United States, in order to more form a more perfect union, like regardless if you want to wordplay and try to break down each individual word, like union and what it means and shit. I want to live in a society where people are happy. They want to do something productive for society, not only for today's society, but thinking about the the future right. to come as well, and what we're doing to pass along something to the next generations. You know, I think that's a huge part of humanity and ex- just existence in general. Right, right. It's trying to uh, work with the earth and work with our our place here in a productive way. I am all for that, and I hope that this whole right and left paradigm can shift out of people's minds enough for people to come together in this country under some type of real populist movement that yeah. happens in the years to come. I really, really hope that. I wish for that. You know what I mean? And not only in this country, but in others as well. Right. To really take back what really does belong to the people and the people living in those lands of all credences and histories and Whatever, man. You know, to have a better life today. And that's what people have fought and died for. The people who have fought and died in these wars, not the ones who have sent them there, right. but the ones who have fought and died, that's what they have fought for. Yep. You know, our right to be able to move forward and do that. That's how I feel about them. And that's why I still stand for the flag because I know the national anthem in my country and the flag, that's that's what it means to, to like... <laughs> To a lot of people. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, to other people, maybe it doesn't mean that, but I hate that it's become tarnished. It does bother me. Yeah. You know, I, I, it, you know, then again, the idea of like countries and nation states is a silly idea, 
But I think in a lot of ways it does help us to be able to understand, you know, uh, the way that culture does shift, whether we like it or not. Right. You know, culture shifts, and you you have to understand that. You know, there's there's yeah, different you, cultures require different systems. Yeah, and different, different systems. Ways of life. Are, yeah, different, different religions. Exactly. You know. You know. No, yeah, that that's like I was saying earlier. You know, that's just something that uh, seems that many Americans cannot uh, wrap their heads around the idea that. Not everybody wants to be like us, you know. We we claim to be the the most diverse nation on the planet, and we are. We are the most diverse nation oh, on sure. the planet. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about that. But then, I mean, but the, but we're trying to, uh, you know, we're trying to pull like the reverse of diversification on the planet by making them. We're trying to take all these countries and make them just like us. These countries don't want to be like us. They don't. They don't want to be us. And that's something that... Uh, we as a nation are going to have to come to grips with the fact that this, even even this uh, Afghanistan event could be the prelude to uh, our empire becoming irrelevant. You know? I mean, yeah. really. We're after the British left Afghanistan in like 1911 or 19, somewhere around there, right after the turn of the century, of the 20th century, uh, their empire pretty much faded into irrelevancy. After the Soviets We've left talked about Afghanistan that in 1989, their empire faded into irrelevancy. I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to be like some sort of continuous pattern, but... Uh, I think that every empire does fall, and even if they don't necessarily fall, they just kind of do like what the British Empire did, and just kind of they they just kind of float away into uh, irrelevancy. Uh, yeah, they have to reassess their own exactly. You know, uh, yep. domestic issues. They eventually come to a point where they realize they just have to abandon their empire. Yeah, you know, and that that's I believe that that is what we are entering that era. Of our own empire. Yeah. That era of realizing that, oh crap, you know, we can't afford to police the world. We can't afford it socially or economically. We're, we're, we're bankrupt practically yeah. in this country. I mean, the dollar is, it, it's down to nothing. Uh, and and that, hey, that's one thing I think uh, we, could, we could talk about as well on this episode today. I wanted to bring it up. Uh, two days ago... Sunday was my uh, was my birthday, August fifteenth. But it was also the fiftieth anniversary of the Bretton Woods Agreement uh, on yeah. August fifteenth, nineteen seventy one. Yeah, uh, the uh, removal of the first great uh, great reset. Yeah, as they call it. Right. Or no, maybe that not the first great great reset. No, just another great no, reset. Another one. Yeah. Uh, but of course, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, the Bretton Woods Agreement is basically when we completely separated gold from the dollar. Uh, that's to put it in the simplest of terms. Went on what they um, called the fiat the, system, right. right? A fiat system, basically a... It, yep. it just basically a, a, a finance a, a system s- a that system is... A system of IOUs. That, yeah. IOUs from the Federal Reserve, pretty much. Where they could print know. money or later on add zeros, you know. And right. Interesting, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, I... Uh, 50 years. 50 years we've now been under the uh, fiat money system. 
And uh, the dollar has continued to depreciate in value, of course. Uh, it has accelerated in its depreciation since 1971. That's a, a, uh, I think that that's a, something that any reasonable econ, uh, economist, what's the word? Econ economist. economist. Yeah, yeah economist, economist would uh, would expect to, to happen after basically completely debasing a currency the way they did in 1971. And, uh, you know, one thing that th this has always happened to all empires that have come before us, they always end up going to a fiat currency system that's not actually backed up by anything. And the reason being, you cannot fund an empire on sound currency. You just, you just yeah. can't do it. At the end of the day, a country's just not going to have enough. The gold biggest difference. To, this this to, is where it's hard, and what and everything you're saying is is definitely you know I mean, it's exactly right, and and just like every system before has an oligarchy, and everyone has a. Right. But it was always the money was always, you know, at, backed by assets. I would I would actually argue that in some ways. A lot of the dollars today are still backed by assets, whether it be oil or goods in production and stuff like that. Some, you know, right. uh, just you know, labor itself or whatever. But not all of them are, and they have the ability to always just add more if they need to. Right. So, but but that it, it, it is still backed up by something. Our society still has good within it. It's not a completely. It's just the money's not controlled by that. You know what I'm right. saying? It can go. It can go anywhere, but th that stuff is still there. You know, there are there's still a lot of productivity in this country, and there are still a lot of ways we could uh, do just fine in this country. I think right. you know, as a civilization, I don't think it's like into some world if no, the, if the if there was some the type of a breakdown. Yeah, no, of course not. I mean, you know, a hundred years ago, the British pound was the uh, reserve currency of the world. You know. It swapped over to, to the American dollar, and the, the world didn't come to an end. The American dollar is not going to be the reserve currency of the world for much longer. And when that happens, you know, it, it, that's one thing that's, you know, funny. Because every time somebody brings up the dollar crashing, the dollar not being the reserve currency of the world, anything negative about the dollar, people just assume, like, you're talking about some apocalyptic situation where society just comes to a screeching halt and everything just falls to shit you know no that's not that's not what they're saying you know i mean they're just they're simply saying that one system's going to be replaced by another uh there will be dis there will be disturbance through society you can bet that on, that on the day when they announce that the dollar is no longer the reserve currency of the world there's there's going to be some panic you know there's just like with us leaving iraq uh afghanistan there's no way around it, yeah. you know. When you're when you're bringing a system to its end, there's gonna be panic, but that doesn't mean that the world stops. And unintended consequences you know? and things like that. Yeah, there's gonna be. Spots. And I think that that's also something that a lot of people, even who understand this kind of thing, you know, because I was saying like people who don't understand this kind of thing when they hear us talk about it. They think we're talking about apocalyptic situations. There's also a lot of people out there who understand this kind of thing and who think that it's going to bring about some sort of apocalyptic situation. And so they've got tons of guns and all sorts of prepper supplies. And hey, there's nothing nothing bad about having guns and prepper supplies. You being, know? Being prepared, but yeah. uh, 
Well, it could you definitely. Know, you know, I don't could, want it. I don't want it to get that bad. You yeah. know, I I really hope that most people who have all these guns and prepper supplies genuinely hope they never have to use any of them. Yeah. You know, because uh, I mean, you know, that that would just be shitty, dude. Yeah. Well, it gives but people more of a sense of security for sure. It definitely sure. does give people you know? more and of I a think sense that's, of that's fair. And and you know, this actually brings up a point that I was actually thinking about a minute ago too. And I was gonna. It's kind of the second part to that. Uh, my response is that the difference between the American culture and any other thing in history is that the American culture truly crossed into because it was had the petrodollar and the the world reserve currency. Everyone used it. Every, right. So many people in other countries became rich off of it, and it was able to prop up all these other you know very wealthy people throughout the world, and so. When that gets replaced, so the American way of life, not only did the dollar do that, but the American way of life was highly valued, you know? Right. And so when that leaves, whatever takes it over, those people that all made money, all those rich oligarchs in all these countries, they're still there. Oh, yeah. They just put their money into the safe, the other safe haven now. It could be China or Russia or... India or wherever it is, you know, right. they get Singapore, you know, the the United Emirates, whatever they, wherever they go, right? And all their money is and all their assets go to these places and they ditch, they ditch America. The culture that it represents also takes a beating. Right. The freedom culture, you know, the culture that we talk about of individual liberty, rights and responsibility. That's our foundation of our culture. We left that foundation a long, long time ago. Right. You know, I believe in that foundation, man. You know, I believe that all men and women are created equal on this earth. I believe that. Right. I think that is absolutely the truth. And I like the fact that we are a melting pot and that we are a diverse nation. I have no problem with that. I love it. You know, I, the history in this nation is rich for that reason and... I have a mass respect for that. Uh, right. But our way of life is going to take a beating and they are they I think that what I'm saying is like in people are like how is this happening in America? Because we don't live under an American rule anymore. Right. We live under more of a China Eastern rule and that's it's the beginning Basically. of that. You know, and that's why those laws are enforced. Why do, look? Why do all these companies enforce these issues? Why does Coca Cola come to America and say, "To hell with y'all, we're gonna do this anyways," because they they don't our market's not as important to them right. as the other markets are. Nope. And that's exactly why they have different policies. Disney and all these other companies do that, man. You know, they just they don't the American culture. And that's fine to me. Again, that's fine. I don't care if the rest of the world has it. Right. But in this country, I say that's what we do. Right. Because that's the principles we stand on. You know? And that we... we I just hope there's a populist movement, man. A, a real political, yeah. legit movement of nonviolence. Right. And peace to the world. Like, peace through, through strength. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying some peace fucking... You know, we're going to we're going to sit in circles and, you know, no. pass the joint around all day and not, you know. It's peace through example. That was what our founding fathers intended this country to be. 
not a policeman for the world, but a beacon for the world. You know, a beacon of liberty, a beacon of freedom. Not, you know, I, I, I believe it was John Quincy Adams uh, who said that, you know, America does not go about searching for monsters or something. I, that's not the exact quote. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But, uh, you know, our founders really had this idea that this was not going to be some empire that just roves the world with, you know, trying to force our ideology yeah. down the throats of everybody yeah. else. This is going to be an empire of liberty. You know, just like the flame at the Statue of Liberty, this was going to be a beacon for the whole world to look at and say, look what they did. Look at their system. Yeah. And look how prosperous they've become because they yeah. are truly free, because they have a truly free Peace market. By I'm not saying we are truly free or that we have a truly free market. I'm saying if their uh, dream had come true, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know? Well, if but we true, still have that system, foundation. Well, we, you know? we, we do, but uh, but it's really clouded. Yeah. It's really clouded up with all of this nonsense legislation and regulation, you know, and and I understand that we live in the freest country on the planet, but that doesn't mean it couldn't be freer. Yeah. You know, that's always what I like to say because of that it's a it's a real big counter argument that somebody will hold up some you know, crap hole third world country and be like, "Well, you could live there." It's like, "Well, you're right. I could live there, and I'm glad I don't." But you shouldn't have to compare this country to some crap hole country yeah, to make it look good. we shouldn't set our standard there. Exactly. Just because, just because we're the freest in the world doesn't mean we couldn't be freer. I, I love I that, though, that, man. Uh, That's right. Peace by example. That is yeah. the perfect... Yeah, peace by strength is in some ways what led us to these problems. In right. Some way. Yeah, peace by example is is a great is really a great thing. And, and uh, I totally do agree with that. Again, if your problems... If you're domestic issues are taken care of and you do have a, a good healthy strong nation as well man people are going to look at you and they're going to admire that for sure around the world and they're going to want pe other countries are going to want that in their countries and they're going to do that it does rub off to some degree and, and again you don't do it for that purpose you do it because you want to live in a society like that right right and you want your kids that maybe ha live in a society like that and not have to uh you know bear the burden of these people who have come in here and taken advantage of our system and bought out our politicians and our politicians who have sold it and not really thought about the American people in the process and all of these really old like institutions that were created on a good premise you know like right. unions worker unions and things like that and they were everything's just been completely bought and sold and ha everything had a price tag Right. You know, and so now we, we're having to rework around this. In a lot of ways, it's it's dangerous because no one trusts anything. You know, everything's just another going to it's going to build into another institution. And perhaps that's just the life cycle of what happens anyways. But, uh, you know, it, it no one's going to no one's ever going to want to buck the system if there's nothing there that is challenging it to have some type of viable replacement. You know, people right. are just going to be like, you know, like look at the education system right now. People are like, yeah, I don't want to send my kid there to wear a mask, but I mean, I don't, I don't have another choice. Right. You know, I mean, if they, yeah, if, what if they gave me money each month 
uh, instead of paying taxes, or they just made me said, hey, you don't have to pay those taxes. Let those taxes go back to you, and you send your kid wherever you want to send them, right. or something like that, like school choice. I mean, if you had that option, hell yeah, you'd choose it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's off the table. And, and I've always thought the same thing with uh, with healthcare too. Is like for people who who argue healthcare that really want to die on that hill. They their version was far different than anything that's ever been presented. Like they thought that like they have more trust that the government is only there to protect your relationship with the doctor, right? And that 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 it's taken care of. You know that people can be healthy, but yep. you know, I I I I not say I agree with that, right? But it wasn't like a, some type of complicated system. You know, uh, I don't think that, I think, you know, that's not the way they see it. Maybe it, maybe it has to be that no matter what with everybody here, but there's a real problem with healthcare in this country and it starts with the individual, by the way, for sure. But when it comes down to just healthcare and people getting care for things they need, it's going to get harder and harder, man. There's a corporate problem with healthcare in this country. Yeah. I think it is that, uh, more doctors seem to work for the corporations than for their patients, you know. I think that if that, uh, I think when 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 I listen to Ron Paul, Ron Paul, he just he he hits this directly on the head, you know. I mean, he was a doctor for I don't even know how many years, decades, you know. He he's a guy who probably watched this whole corporate takeover of the MD. of the uh, medical of yeah. the medical system, <laughs> and uh, you know he knows it's where it came from that. Doctors actually used to work for their patients. Patients weren't just a number, you know, that they could just write down, oh, COVID and get some money for it from the federal yeah, it's government. It's the insurance. You know? and Exactly. Yeah. You know, and... I think it's also all of that stuff that makes the price go up. Exactly. All the middlemen oh, there that, oh, that yeah, manipulate the, the system. So, I mean, you know, you can say the same thing about uh, about college tuition, you know? Of see, course, see, when, the, when when these students are getting these big loans, of course, tuition's going to go up. Can you imagine if they completely took away the federal loan system, and every student actually had to pay for their own college education, and there was no middleman there? I guarantee you, tuitions all around the world would plummet. They would completely drop because there would be real competition between the universities. Yeah. To adjust their tuition. Whoa, rate. whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa! Now I'm you're getting saying radical. Something. I'm getting real <laughs> now extreme you're here. Saying I know. Something. I'm talking about free markets and competition. You're talking that's, about the government actually extreme. being there to help just protect our liberties I'm, and I'm freedom. Talking, I know. I'm saying that the government's actually there to keep us free, not to keep us safe. It's it's a real radical idea. It is. I know. Dude. But, God uh, dang! But uh, <laughs> I almost fell back. Yeah. <laughs> Shit! No, it and no. even even the same thing like with healthcare is like, like the 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 government's responsibility on healthcare. If people pay taxes, let's say people pay taxes, and we are indeed going to use that as a domestic policy to help pay doctors for healthcare, essentially help cover costs for people a certain amount every year or something. And the other the other part to that was that you know that that people practice that we promote people do practice you know healthier lifestyles and teach people about diets and what they can do for your body and things like that and educate people right. don't force them 
educate them. You yeah. know, help help people understand. You know, that's all that's all good and dandy. And the only thing the government does in that situation is they protect the people that want the right to be able to pay into a system for it to do that for them. Right. That's all their responsibility is. It's not to manipulate it and pull money out and let the pharmaceutical companies and the insurance lobbyists come in there and buy them out and create all these thousands of fucking laws and manip- and pull money out of the system and out of people. That's all they're, that's, that's exactly all they do. Right. When the government should be much more simple, but also much more for the reason and what it should be for. The battery's running low, but we're, we're still good for a couple of minutes. We can close right. this out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's where, that's a, that's a very, like, naive idea of the way a government could work. Right. You know, but the, I, again, when I think of the word government, I understand like it be, it has become corrupted. Sure, we'd all love it to work that way. It doesn't. So what do you right. do? You know, but it, like it, it, government is just an individual or an individual who participates uh, within his community to or his or her community in every way, whichever way they can. You know, uh, while still maintaining their life at home. Right. And and trying to give back to society slightly, you know, uh, as that becomes that that becomes a collective, and you have these joint ideas, you know, they don't need to be complicated, no. you know, like the golden rule, like it's it's pretty basic. Like the government is just that; it's just those people. Right. It's just a collect. It shouldn't be. Like, who is the richest that can buy it out? Like, these principles should not be bought and sold. Right. Right? That That's my take on it. Again, that's fucking radical. Yeah. Okay? I should be out of it. They shouldn't even, you know, allow us to say that anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. Under, the, under what you were reading earlier. But... Right. You know, it is what it is. You know, that's the way I feel. But what do you think? You can have the out here, man. Well, I think that, uh... At the end of the day, what this country needs to do is just like uh, Senator Rand Paul said the other day, and stand up and just say no. Uh, take the advice of Henry David Thoreau and just live your life. You yeah. know, live it. Whatever Don't that means, the, yeah. be happy. Exactly. Yeah, do your I, thing. I, you know, I can't remember exactly who said this one, but it's always been a uh, one of my. Uh, a quote I use quite often, and that is to uh, live your life so freely that your very existence becomes an act of rebellion. We want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast, The Independent Thinking Texans. A lot of times, you know, we may not necessarily know what we're saying or doing, but who really does in this world? It's a busy, busy place. Thank you so much for taking the time, though. We do appreciate it. Keep thinking for yourself, always and forever. Have a great day.